0: As we advance in Sefer Devarim, this week's parsha is a double header. Mitzavim by Yehud. The parsha's him I think I mentioned last year or the year before. with My father in Rebbe, That one time, when Volbols wanted to give a shmuz he used to give shmuz in mere yeshiva. And he had Yeshiva, Shiva Givet he also used to walk from Givat Shol to bite the gun on Shabbos. And he would give a shmuz in Yeshiva's Kol One time he walked all the way to bite the gun from shol, to give a shmuz on Shabbos, Parashat Tzavim. And everyone was waiting for what insights he will give, and what, what ideas he'll give. And, you know, it's right before Rosh Hashanah. What did he do? It's very typical for a rabbi to do such a thing because he would say a lot by showing his actions. He sat down, he opened up a chumash dvarim, and started the parasha, parashas Betsavan, and he started to read Psukim. like many people who say Joshua want to give some type of They started from the and they built from the pesukim in order to tell you a message. He started from the beginning of parashas seven, which is forty Psukim. And he read all 40 Pesukim from beginning to end, slowly, maybe translated, stood up and walked out. Because the Pasha itself, the Pasha Tzavim, is the biggest shmuz, the biggest sicha that a person can give about the mitzvah of tshuva and how a person has to take seriously the idea of connecting with Hashem and not letting ourselves get caught up with the other nations and with their with their tests and challenges that they uh that we are confronted with when we come up to them. And the Pasak tells us, this mitzvah which I'm telling you about now, to come close to Hashem and to return back to Hashem, to follow his Torah and all his mitzvahs with your heart and soul. Light in It's not, but like Rashi says it's not hidden from you it's not. It's not separated from you. It's not uh, distant. It's not far away. No, it's it's reachable. It's very, very there, right, right next to you. It's very simple for a person to come to this mitzvah to do tshuva and to connect with Hashem. It's not in the heavens for a person to say, "Who's going to reach up to the heavens and and, and bring it down for us?" to listen to us and to do it. It's not. Over the at the other side of the sea, who's going to bring us across to the other side of the sea? So we should it should bring it to us. All right. In other words, it's very very it's very reachable. It's very accessible. It, it's not hard for a person to reach to come to the idea of doing tshuva. This mitzvah is very close to you both in your mouth and your heart, to do it. Like it's in your mouth and your heart to do it. So that's what we're going to try to talk about today, is what's the Pshat in the Pasik when it says that it's close to, you, this mitzvah of Tshuva and connected with Hashem is close to you through his Torah, with your mouth and your heart to do it. So I saw a, a shmuz, a from the Ruvay, Grelin the And he brings two approaches in order to explain it. He calls one approach the approach of the Bali Musr and the other approach is the approach of the Shla Kaddish. But before he gives the approach of the Bali Musr, he tries to um, illustrate the idea that he's going to pose. He brings a story with the Chavetz Chaim, that's how. The Chavetz Chaim once wanted to point out the difference between a good businessman and a bad businessman. It just depends how you present your product. How did he illustrate it? He said one time he's walking in the street, and he's walking down the street and he passes by a store where they're selling plants. And he takes a look inside the store and he looks and he sees a few flower pots there with plants inside that look very decorative, but he if he looks when he looks at them, it looks like a bunch of thorns. So he was curious about that. And he walked into the store and he says, you know, he said, you know, I came into the store. I just, I'm just like a little bit curious. You know, the owner of the store was very surprised to see him walk in. And he says, you know, I'm just a little curious to know what are inside those flower pots." He says, what do you mean? It's thorns. He says, well, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you make this? Everything looks so decorative over here, so nice over here. How do you, how do you, where, where do you get these stores from? He says, what do you mean? I go into the, into the fields, I cut thorns, right? I cut them down, and then I color them, I dye them, and I color them, and I make, you know, uh, beautiful flower pots out of them, right? So he said, let me ask a question, like, like, this, this flower pots here that you, that that are made with these, these thorns over here, right, you know, do you make money from it? He goes, his eyebrows? Whoa, you can't imagine It's like the hottest thing on the market over here. He says, you look at a person here. He took something which is worth nothing, a bunch of thorns, and he took it and he made it into something beautiful. That's a good businessman. He's able to take this product and and take it and and present it in a way that even something which is not worth that much, he's able to make it look presentable and be able to make money from it. What's a bad businessman? Let's say a person has an expensive suit store. And he has all types of valuable suits and pants and, and, and jackets, blazers, jackets and sweaters, all types of things. But he just can't keep things in order. Everything's on shelves falling off, and the, you know, not hung up properly on the on the hangers, and the sizes all messed up, and everything there. So he's got really good qualitative stuff and things which are really good. But the way that he presents himself with it, I just you know, he's, he, it's not he, he can't make money from that because he's not being a good businessman. It's just really dependent on how you present your product. It really depends on how you, how you present the product. The Chatham says it's the same thing in Ruchias. Two people could be doing the same thing, but it really just depends on the difference of the attitude of how you wind up dealing with it. For example, he says two people have a plumbing problem in the house. And each one hires a plumber to come to the house. The plumber does the service, fixes the pipes, fixes the things, everything over there. And both of them have to pay the plumber for the for the service that he did. One person's attitude is, somebody did a service for me. I owe him a, a salary for that. I owe him money for that. There's a bit of, beyond right? on the day that a person does a service for me, that I should pay him for what he's owed. And therefore, I have the opportunity right now to be M'chayim, to fulfill the opportunity of paying my worker on time. What a privilege, what a good thing to be M'chayim a Mitzvah, the pay on Or he can have a person who's going to do the same thing. At the end of the day, he's going to have to pay the same thing. And he's going to do it. But he's reluctantly, take, reluctantly taking out of his packet and giving it in a way where he gives it over, but he lost the whole beauty of being a kind of the mitzvah, of paying his work. It just all depends on the way that you present it. And he brings a story with the Belzer The Belzer right at one point was his uh, Beis Medrash, the, the, one of aiders, the aides, the Belzer Wasn't his Beis Medrash wasn't in Yerushalayim, it was in Tel Aviv. At one time when he was going out of the base Medrash, he noticed on the floor a stamp. It was on the floor a stamp. And he bent down to pick up the stamp, but he wasn't sure if the stamp was valuable, if it was something that worked, you know, that you could use as a stamp or not, or it was just something old. So he spoke to one of his Gabbayim, and they felt, no, oh, no, no, this thing is very valuable. So the Rebbe stood up by the bima and he announced by the bima that I found a, a stamp over here. And anybody who lost it should please let me know. All of a sudden, one of the Hasidim pipes up and says over there, yeah, yeah, yeah it's mine. So the Rebbe asked him for simanim, And he told him the proper simonim. And he was about to give it back. And it was right before Mincha. The rebel was ready. He was there. He was wearing his he washed his hands for Davening, and he had his gartle on, and everybody, ready, ready to go to have Mincha, He takes off his gartel, he goes to the sink, he washes his hands again, he puts on the gartel, and then he says, I'm right now having the opportunity the I'm having the opportunity right now to make the mitzah Being aware and understanding of I'm being Imakaim Mitzah of living a life. The same thing, I'm returning someone's thing here, but I'm realizing the opportunities that I have of how I'm doing a mitzvah. So explains <coughs> the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the Ruben explains, according to the Balimussar, that that's Pshat and the pusik You could have two people, two people, let's say, that are coming to eat. They're coming to eat food. They wake up in the morning, they're eating breakfast. <coughs> right? And they each could each eat breakfast. <speaking in Hebrew> Right, when you're sitting and eating breakfast in the morning. But each one has a different uh, goal, or has a different purpose. One purpose, one person's purpose is, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry, so I can just eat. The other one's purpose is, I know that if I don't eat, I have what to accomplish in life, and I've accomplished a life, to, to fulfill a purpose in life over here. I'm eating because I want to be able to fulfill my purpose in life. So kikar in mind it's all in your mouth. Right? But what is it all dependent on? What's going on in your heart? What's your intention? What are you having in mind? So you could be doing the same exact action. You could be returning a stamp to somebody. You could be paying your worker. You could be selling something in the store. Whatever it is that you're doing, it all depends on your attitude and your your heart and your rutsen and your excitement that you build in something to be able to make a difference in what, you, what you're what you doing with your mouth. Very important message. That a person has to realize that when we're doing things, we can't just be sleeping away and just doing things you know, out of rote and out of habit and just letting things go. We we're living, we, we have to make the Torah and the missus that we do, make it part of our life. And that's really I think one big preparation for Rosh Hashanah. But there's a second shot. And this is a very interesting chapter from in the Hashanah He says over here, now, I think I mentioned once before, more than once before, that he says just like we have in um, <coughs> the person's body 248 limbs and 365 ligaments, that corresponds with the Torah, in which the Torah, the 613 mitzvahs, 248 mitzvahs, I say, and 365 mitzvahs, I say. So each Mitzvahs say, the Mitzvahs like say, corresponds with a limb or a ligament in a person's body. And, expo- and explains behind the Chaim that when a person does the Mitzvahs and is behind the Mitzvahs, just like in the physical limbs and, organ- and, and ligaments that a person has in his body, he gets nourishment by the food that he eats and he gets physical nourishment. And therefore, when a person neglects those limbs or, or, or organs or ligaments by not taking the right foods and getting the right vitamins, then it doesn't give the right supply um, of nourishment to that uh, part of his body and therefore can affect it. So, so too the spiritual nourishment that we give to our limbs and and ligaments in our body. And that's what the mitzvahs that we do. The only thing is, out of those 613 mitzvahs, there are certain mitzvahs that we, we can't really do. It's really, it's really, you know, the not maybe the times are not nageya. the areas where we are are not nageya. Let's say a person who's living in Chutzler, he's not communicating the mitzvahs of Chumas and maestras and, and so on and so forth, right? There's Sharetz of El-Chadah, about of el and all different types of things, right? In other words, that it depends on the, on the generation, it depends on the place. Right, certain so, things with kabanas are not So, how can we become all the mitzvahs? In fact, of there's a of you that lives here in Telstone that had this uh, organization which he ran for many years called Mitzvahs Nadiris, right? Where they would do the mitzvahs that are not so common to do. Whenever we have an opportunity to do a mitzvahs Nadeiris, he would advertise it and people would come, people would give money for it to, 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 to help it be organized, right? And the buses would go out, all of a sudden, to start you know, cutting down uh, wheat in the fields to do the mitzvah of mm-hmm. for people who don't normally have fields and they would have all different types of things that they would do in order to become the dearest but, 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 you know, otherwise certain mitzvahs we can't do. So how does it work? So the Shalak builds from this Pasuk, which we just said now, he builds from this Pasuk a Chiddush that when a person goes ahead and he learns Torah, Shem Shemayim, any topic of Torah that he learns, Shem Shemayim, and he learns it, it's as if he's being mekayim, that mitzvah, right then and there. For example, if let's say a person is learning now, today's Thursday, right? He's learning Heuchel Shabbos, and he's learning L'shem Shemayim, so that he is being mekayim, the mitzvah of Shabbos right now, even though it's not Shabbos right now. Because he's learning, L'Shem Shemayim, that limud, that, uh, the mitzvah of Shabbats. And the same thing with trilim. So that's the opportunity that a person has even for the mitzvah that he cannot accomplish physically because of the location that he is or whatever situation that a person's in that it's not shayich, just by a person learning the, the mit, uh, the, about the mitzvah, the halachas of the mitzvah, the background of the mitzvah, the gemar, the shikonarach, and everything put together with that. And he's learning that L'Shem Shemayim and that makes it as if he's being mukayim the mitzvah right then and there, and therefore that's how the shalom is packed, shot in the pasuk, right? Kikar velecha adavim ha'beit to be me elte the the, kind, the, and the whole Torah is something very close to you. Beficha It's within your mouth that learns the Torah that you do with your heart that's doing the shem shemayim, and then it's that makes it equivalent as if you did it. So there's two messages that we have on this pasuk over here. Number one, the first message that we have from over here is that when a person does a mitzvah, we have to do it with our full heart. And it makes a whole difference of whether you're, you're you're a good businessman and you're presenting things in a proper way. Right? That's It really depends on how, where your heart is and how you're doing it. And the second thing is, is that when a person uses his piv for and his lay that is the same that's a way of him also being the kind of the mitzvah when he does when, when he's doing when, when he's learning it. These two things I think are a tremendous opportunity when we're trying to prepare ourselves for Rosh Hashanah. With Hashem we should be able to figure out how we can find the best way that we can make our mitzvahs that we should be good safe, we should be good good uh, businessmen over here. not businessmen, but we presenting our mitzvahs in a proper way. And we learn from the Khavitzkay and and as well we should understand the opportunity that we have you get to learn about a mitzvah. It's not just the learning for the information, but it's also a way of us also being the kind of the mitzvahs being done in Shem Shanaim. That should be a split for us, for our families, and for the whole Israel. And everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos. And to